This is part two of a part four series about Jamie Snow. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Jamie's daughters, Nicole and Jessica, as well as his partner, Tammy. Also, Jude doesn't know about the other Jamie's co-defendant in this case. Susan Claycomb was, and and rest in peace because she has passed away. Mm-hmm. That was Jamie's sister-in-law, his the, the girl's aunt, Jessica Nicole's aunt. They also implicated her, said she was uh, driving the car. We're not sure, but we also know that they do this. I mean, we think that they didn't have enough evidence. So they, she, she was living in Tennessee at the time. They arrested her and tried, they charged her with the same thing, but I think they were trying to get her to, to testify against Jamie. It's, it's hard to tell what they know. This kind of baffles I'm, my mind. It's like, how can they just arrest somebody on, look, this could have happened. Well, yeah, it could happen, but aliens could come down too. So what are your facts? You know, I thought, I have never known anything about the legal justice system until we started this podcast. And now I know too much. Like, I am so mad every time we record. I get so angry because you can't, how many times do they say you can't fabricate things? You can't say, oh. Well, what if this happened? But then you find out that the cops do it all the time. Yeah, well, the court, legally, the cops, yeah, the cops needed a car because Jamie didn't have a car. So they had so to they fabricate. Had to have, they had to figure one out for him. Yep, exactly. Wow. It didn't work. Um, you know, first of all, Jamie and Susan had a very kind of like an adversarial relationship. From what I can gather just over the years, it seemed to me probably Jamie was a little bit cocky back in the day that there was, uh, she was Tammy Snow, which is Jamie's uh, former wife, but wife at the time, best friend. They were just thick as thieves. And you know, sometimes the husbands don't care too much for the, you know, because that, I think that, uh, Probably Susan. Susan was very. Susan was very outspoken, and her and my dad didn't always see eye to eye because you know, Susan was just louder sometimes, and they just weren't as as close to go out and do what they're saying. It was hard enough to get them together at a cookout or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so funny to me, and I I'm probably reading into this, but what I kind of got was that uh, Susan was Tammy's person of, you know, gave her a confidence. You know how you have that. Mm-hmm. Probably, I would imagine Susan saying, "You don't have to take that shit, Tammy." You know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that I can funny. hear her saying that right now. <laughs> exactly. she, that would be one of the things she would used to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're having that, uh, those issues, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. That was Susan, and she was just a, Sounds a, like a great, a great person. Yeah. She was, she was a firecracker for sure. Um, <laughs> she was a but, firecracker, and we were all family. So we were all family, but Susan and my mom were close. Mm-hmm. If Susan was there, she was there with my mom. That was her best friend. You know, she wasn't hanging out with my dad like. Right. That was never the case. And going somewhere alone with Susan, that wasn't even an, uh, there were mm-hmm. times, uh, you know, I'm sure when they were all in the car together, but it was not a thing. Uh, hey, me and Susan are going to go here or, hey, me and Jamie are going to go here. That wasn't a thing because they really weren't, you know, they weren't, they weren't close like that. They kind of bickered back and forth and it's, 
Oh, it was just kind of that that type of relationship. I know they loved each other, but mm-hmm. anyways, they were trying to get her to say that she drove the car. Now, Kathy, you're right. They had to have a car there. So Susan was arrested and she spent a year in prison, completely destroyed her family's life. Wow. Uh, but she she was pregnant and uh, she they were trying to get give her a deal uh, just to say, you know, just say you drove the car. What she told me was um, they offered her parole, like she could just basically walk and she wouldn't do it. And that's just so amazing to me because you have all of these people that are willing to do that for uh, two years shaved off a sentence or uh, because I don't want to be put in this position or uh, to get my family member off on a charge. Uh, but she was facing a murder charge and she she would not do it. Now, when I talked to her, she was very forthcoming. She just said, I'm not because everybody calls her a hero because she is. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I'm not the hero that everybody thinks I am because I like I can't say that I didn't think about that because she had her family and her young children and right. her husband. She said, but I couldn't do it. Like I just when it when it came down to it. But she's like, I'm not going to say that I didn't entertain the thought because right. she didn't know what happened. Yeah. Nobody knew what happened because they didn't do it and they weren't there. Right. So she has integrity. Mm-hmm. She had very, integrity. Very much so. And she's not going to do that uh, to someone. Uh, she's not going to lie and destroy lives like hers were being destroyed. And you're thinking about the effect it's going to have on people that she loves, her best friend and sister-in-law, Tammy, her nieces and nephews that she loves very much and that she's very close to. He did get a great attorney, a private attorney, and uh, they just couldn't prove it. You know, she was acquitted and she had a separate trial and she was acquitted at in the beginning, but she stood her ground and she is a hero, certainly in our book, uh, just a hero. So the Jamie's attorney was paid thousands of dollars to sit in on Susan Claycomb's trial, but he didn't use the key witnesses, Susan's trial. <laughs> the For example, there was a... Uh, a private invest, one of Susan's private investigators testified that Danny Martinez didn't come forward to like 10, min- 10 months after they uh, Susan and Jamie were arrested. And so Susan's attorney has an investigator out there asking all of these people. And um, he goes and sees Danny Martinez and Danny Martinez told him that wasn't, uh, the, uh, hey, those people that were arrested, that's the people I saw in the paper, that wasn't them. Mind you, later he would identify Jamie from the picture in the paper. He was like, that wasn't who I saw that night. Uh, he told him that a couple of times, then then came up and said a, said a different story. So he wasn't used. There was someone else that wasn't used. Oh, yeah, the composite that Carlos 
Luna made. Well, Carlos Luna was a witness that ID Jamie, officer that did the that could not do the composite, also t- testified in Susan's trial, but didn't testify in Jamie's trial, that they didn't have enough information to even create a composite. So how in the world could he ID him? So that's that stuff was brought forward. He really dug, her lawyer was amazing, just dug into the the whole issue of the ID and how that all happened and all, all of that, that very moment when he was supposed to have come face to face with him. And also in Jamie's trial, Danny Martinez said he was 85% sure that that was the person that he saw. And in Jamie's trial, he said he was 100% sure. So what they did was they used that trial test trial. Of course, they wanted to convict Susan and would have put a pregnant woman away for murder. A pregnant woman with a young family away from murder uh, because they wanted to get a conviction. It is the sickest thing in the world to me what what they did to them. And I, I don't want to say especially Susan because it hurt so many people. But no, she was never involved. Like, no, she wasn't a person that was on a suspect list that maybe Jamie was, you know, because he got in trouble. Uh, but they made a whole trial. They put on a whole trial and had her locked up. She had her baby while she was in jail, wow. in county jail, uh, and had it taken away from her. That's just a horrible thing. And they all knew. They all knew what they were doing. That's the worst part. They knew that she had no involvement. And, and they did that to her just, just to try to get Him. a conviction. Yeah, <laughs> to get Jamie. And then they, they were mad. They were yeah. mad. So they were going to stick it to her. And yep. they did. They sure did because they they ruined her life. That doesn't just go away after you're acquitted. It permeates right. uh, through everything. It's a traumatic event. It's terrible. Yeah. And didn't all the jailhouse snitches end up uh, recanting or just most of them? Most of them have, and we've also found a lot of evidence that wasn't turned over that they got deals, memos, letters between attorneys. We have two downward departures that we found from federal with an affidavit submitted that the jailhouse informant said she didn't, Tina Griffin, who was the first assistant state's attorney, told me when they asked you if you got a deal just say no because it if this is a state case and that's a federal case so you're not lying mm. yeah you're lying wow that's crazy <laughs> yeah so we found two of those we have one that recanted he he wouldn't sign an affidavit because he was like I'm gonna go talk to my wife and she wouldn't she's like don't sign it which I can't blame her because they're so dirty he was a sex offender and he was on the fender list. And what he said was, it haunts me every single day. These these two investigators at two different times, two different investigators went and talked to him. And he and they submitted affidavits saying this is what he told me. And they were almost the same. He he said that they said that they were going to put him back in prison, that they were going to put him in. I think one time he was one time they got him and he was in prison, uh, came to talk to him. He was in prison. Another time he was out. But they're talking about messing up his his parole, messing up his sex offender status, putting him in gin pot. 
pop as a, I'm sorry, general population as a sex offender types of things were, were threats. So we got that from him. And he also said, no, he didn't. Jamie never confessed to me. Uh, all of them said he never confessed. Uh, we had one that said that they, when they were in county jail, they got in a fight over a game of dominoes and Jamie got him kicked out of the pod and he saw a flyer and they, and, and he said, I'm going to get Jamie back. He told him when he was leaving the pod, I'm going to get you back for this. And that's what he did. He, oh. he said that Jamie confessed to him <laughs> and he was one that came. I think he went to uh, Tammy Snow uh, because he, he was like, I I lied and I he couldn't stand it. And he totally recanted everything and said, well, I did this and it was terrible. So, and you just can't undo that stuff right, that right. easily. So, Tam, before we move on to Jessica and Nicole, can you tell us where James case stands right now? Sure. So over the past about 10 years, Ray who has been working on the case for well he is a retired police officer chief <laughs> he was way up there and his wife was a juvenile on a, a Jamie Jamie's juvenile advocate uh, when he was about 15 years old that's how they knew each other and she found out years later about what happened and she she would kept on asking. She was going through the case and kept asking him questions about it. He became involved in the case that way. Now, Grant, he is a very conservative, of course, pro-police, but he is also a very stand-up guy, a very smart guy. So I had started, before he came along, I'd started filing FOIAs and I found stuff that Jamie had never seen, like the two people that Danny Martinez picked out the night of the crime, their mugshots, found out who they were and all of that stuff. But I wasn't getting enough traction when Ray came on board. He started filing probably between us. He said he's filed 70 alone. I thought it was 70 total, but I think we've both, we filed 70 each uh, about um, we, and many others have filed FOIAs. So we ended up having uh, suing in county because they just weren't giving us the information that we felt was public access. Uh, real quick, um, FOIA is Freedom of Information Act. I don't know if you knew yes. that. No, I didn't. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. doesn't know. Okay. I thought I said that in the beginning. I apologize. So it's really just filing for public information. The case file, no different things. But the reason that this process took so long was because they kept data. They kept just dumping everything on us. Sometimes things would be redacted. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes somebody would get something different. Sometimes they wouldn't. It was just a huge monumental task to go through all of these documents because there were a lot of duplications. Mm -hmm. The judgment was in our favor. Um, although uh, we settled, the attorneys settled, the judge did find uh, that they were in fault for not turning over everything and not redacting everything that we should have had public access to. So in that, we found many, many, many things that were never disclosed to Jamie. And I say that to say that he had the same lawyer for many, many years, Tara Thompson, who accepted a position at the Innocence Project out of New York. And then we got two different lawyers who are from the Exoneration Project. When these two new lawyers came on a couple of years ago, they filed for discovery in a very unusual ruling 
who then then was Judge Escapa, ruled that we granted Jamie discovery, which was amazing because Tara had gone in there, found they were like, you can come up there and look through all of these documents at some point trying to get, we had a DNA motion filed. So we were trying to get the information related to the DNA motion. So anything on the crime scene, she went through there found all this stuff. She was like, hey, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. And then when the other attorneys took over, they addressed that issue and said, look, we have all of this stuff that we haven't seen. How can I even do a motion? So it was a big deal for him to get all of these documents, which turned out to be almost 8,000 documents that nobody had ever seen before that were not turned over that were not turned over prior to trial so so there we are we're we've got a dna motion uh pending which has been pending for years trying to get the information from the crime scene discover all of this other information so we're in that and then filed another motion for the pre-trial discovery because nobody has ever seen really has a a whole documents of this is everything that was turned over. So how can we say you didn't turn this over? We can go by what Jamie says. We need to be able to prove it legally. That was successful. So they're working on getting that information. And then we have a hearing I can't remember when it is, maybe in March, late March, we have a hearing coming up where there are supposed to have gotten all of those tapes. I don't know that we will ever have all of the information wow. that was that was in that case. So we have the DNA motion pending and then all of this discovery that we're trying to work through so the his new attorneys can formulate this. So it's, I'm sorry, his new attorneys are Lauren Myers. Mueller. Mueller. Lauren Myers. Mueller. And Carl uh, Leonard. Those are his two new attorneys and they are excellent. They're doing an excellent job. We're getting all of this stuff. And, and the judge they're, the, with, they're with the exoneration project in Chicago. Yes. The Exoneration Project is out of the University of Chicago. Just a, a little bit about the judge, uh, that judge that granted all of this. He's the best judge we ever had. A couple months in, he, he got hit by a car when he was riding his bike and died. So now we have a new judge. So we're trying to work, work through that. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you join us again next week for part three. And if you haven't already, Please subscribe so you can get notified of when our new episodes release and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Touch by Crime. Thank you, and we hope to see you again next week.